Making It Happen by Sims is a brand new podcast bringing business, people and technology together. Available now on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and all your favourite podcast platforms. Learn more about the creators behind the podcast at sims.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Hello again, it's Nicole. I'm at Subcon doing the Chatty Hatter podcast, That Engineering Chat. And well, what do they say? Save the best for last. So we thought, who better to get on at the end of day two, which has been a stonker, than literally the headline. That, that almost rhymes. The headline sponsor. And who he's, well... The representative headline sponsor that's come to join us is Jordan Rosas. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Hello. Did I say that right? You said it right. Yeah. I said it Some right. Intro. Some intro. Okay. I know. You like that? Yeah, I loved it. Oh, that's good. Well, that's nice to hear. Who, tell Jordan you can introduce where you're from and who you are and what your role is within the business, please. That that I would that I will leave to you if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Jordan Rosas. I'm the head of new business mm-hmm. at Enenco. Inenco is the oldest energy consultancy in the country, yeah. established in 1968, and we help businesses buy energy, yeah. control their consumption, and reduce their carbon. I mean, <laughs> that's quite an interesting subject at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, energy. <laughs> there, there's, I, I, I always give a story when speaking to yeah. clients and prospects. I've been in this industry for 11 years. Have you? And I think the hardest part of the first nine of those years was actually getting people to listen, getting mm. people to talk, mm. asking people to sit down and hear. And what we've seen is with what's going on in the energy industry, which I'm sure we're going to talk through shortly. Yeah. Just an absolute explosion of, of people panicking, looking yeah. for solutions, looking for answers, trying to understand what's going on in the energy industry, in the energy markets. Yeah. So, so wait, okay, so you've been in the industry, you don't look like you're old enough to have been in it for 11 years, for God's sake. How uh, You've been in it for 11 years... And like you say, it was hard to get people to listen. Why do you think that was? Yeah, so for me, when you look at the energy markets, if you look at, ignore the last sort of two to three yeah. years, if you look at the six or seven years prior to that, the markets were relatively stable. Mm-hmm. It was quite hard to get energy wrong. Yeah, Businesses weren't under huge amounts of pressure by government to meet compliance, weren't under huge amounts of pressure by supply chain and their customers to yeah. meet carbon goals, sustainability goals. When you look at those things now, you've got energy procurement rates are the highest they've ever been in yeah. the history of this country. So businesses are now paying more than they've ever paid for energy. Mm. You've got customers and supply chains absolutely requiring the, the, the products that they buy to meet certain carbon um, requirements, carbon targets. And again, I think the whole dynamic has just changed. One of the main reasons we're here today, you know, it's, it's great to see so many manufacturers exhibiting, show, yeah. showcasing their products. but. You know, for every person that buys that product, they might potentially want to know the carbon footprint. They want to might Absolutely. want to potentially know the the impact of that. So again, that's one of the main reasons we're here today. And so you literally can just help help guide people with. So yeah. So can you just te- just tell us what's happening then, Jordan? Yeah, sure. So from what a pr- is happening? Yeah. So from a <laughs> 
from a procurement <laughs> perspective, what's happened is the energy markets, yeah. if you go back to sort of early 2020, mm-hmm. COVID was announced. He, he says COVID was announced. Co- COVID sort of... Well, it was. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it, it really? It announced it, it, we all it, saw it coming, but it was then announced. Yeah, absolutely. And that caused, a, well, it caused an interesting dynamic. What mm-hmm. happened was a lot of the uh, Northern Hemisphere, a lot of the Western world went into lockdown, yeah. which caused demand to effectively drop off a cliff. Yeah. Southeast Asia carried on manufacturing, stepped up manufacturing at unprecedented levels. They also bought, in order to meet their sort of energy requirements, Mm -hmm. every bit of LNG that was on the market, all of the liquefied natural gas. So what we saw was throughout 2020 when energy prices were really low, because COVID hit, demand was really low, and oil prices were trading so low that people were being paid to take delivery of oil. What happened was all of the Southern Hemisphere countries took all of the LNG, and as we started... Why did they take all of the LNG? Well, they needed the LNG to effectively carry on powering their demand. So, so I might be asking really silly questions. No, so, so LNG. So <laughs> what it is, so LNG is the liquefied natural gas yeah. cargo ships. Yeah. A lot of countries, 50% of you know, the UK's power in some cases comes from burning gas, gas yeah, yeah, yeah. power stations. Now, the Northern Europe was happy letting the LNG go to Southeast Asia. Okay. Because our saving grace was a pipeline, Nord Stream 2, mm-hmm. which was a huge gas connector that was going to go from Russia into Germany. Right. Europe. Nord Stream 2 throughout 2021. So what we saw last year, before the Russia-Ukraine situation mm-hmm. started, began, started escalating. You know, the real, the real key thing to mention here is all of the situation that we're seeing from a pricing perspective, this was all going on 12 months before Russia was and it? Ukraine. Someone else has said that to me, actually, yeah. Yeah, so in 20, between 2020 to 2021, we went yeah. from the lowest ever energy prices to the highest ever energy prices. And the reason for that, quite simply, is as you approach March, April, the big gas injectors in the UK look, or in Europe look to take what available gas there is, mm. put it into storage so that when the winter comes, we can export our gas from storage, which means we don't have to in the volatile market. What happened last year, though, was they went to the market to get that same gas, and that gas wasn't there. Because as I said, all the LNG was going to the southeast. Yeah, yeah. So we saw it sort of April, May 2021, a huge spike in pricing when yeah. the gas injection figures came out and we could see that we were massively undersupplied in terms of gas storage. God. That effectively meant what the impact was of that from a, in sort of layman's terms is yeah. any business that's typically... Typically, businesses will sign a two- or a three-year energy contract. Yeah. The implications of what's gone on in the market is, is one whereby businesses that signed a two- or three-year deal two years ago, when the market was the lowest it's ever been, might be now looking at energy prices again and faced <gasps> with 50 100% price rises in some cases. And what, I mean, and, like, <laughs> this is going to go on for a while, right? Yeah, so <laughs> from a... from procure- This is a happy chat. <laughs> Isn't it? No, it is. It's, it's, look, it's good because thank God we've got people like you who can advise and help and tell us what's going on. Well, I think the first thing first is it's really important that people just understand it's happening. Exactly, it's happening. and accept it, yeah. The thing, that, the thing that I've seen, or the thing that's scared me the most, so to speak, if yeah. you will, is, is the times when I've been going to meet with prospects, going to meet with businesses yeah. that were, were unaware of the price rises because obviously they've signed into two or three year contracts God, so they're not seeing yeah. them coming through each month. Then yeah. they go and ask their supplier for a requote. I've had conversations with businesses that have gone from three or four million pound energy spend to ten million pounds overnight. I mean, like that's 
it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> you know, these businesses, in some cases, some of these businesses need to sell 60, 70 pounds worth of product to make a pound profit. So for them, it's, it's quite hard to, to comprehend. Although the key thing to mention is it, it really isn't the end of the road. So yeah. I think what Inenco focuses on is wholesale procurement yep. in, in terms of how you actually buy that energy. Yeah. I think it's really important to concentrate on the actual overall commodity element. So yep. buying the commodity when it's at its cheapest. Yeah. So I think that's one of the big things. But then to go a step beyond that, Enenco's largest growth area in the last, I'd say, three or four years has been sustainability. Yeah. It's been actually reducing energy usage on site. So the cheapest kilowatt hour, we always say, is the one that a business doesn't use. So yeah. our first port of call now might be, OK, well, you've had the bad news. We've ripped the plaster off. How about an energy survey or an investment grade audit so we can come and look at what we can do to actually reduce the amount of energy you need on your site? Which is which is important for many many reasons, and also, I mean that's I think that's really positive, isn't it? Because like you say, it is happening, it is going on. There's no denying it. I mean, we obviously it's it's very unfortunate for lots of people, not just businesses, but people that are experiencing it because they're you know especially the older generation, they just don't know. You know, that's I'm just empathic. I'm just like I feel empathy for people, and I'm just feel bad for them. But businesses as well, like you say, if you can then at least give them some ways to cut back, and and they are looking after the environment, then that's a positive thing for the company's growth. Yeah, absolutely. So again, the the, the big thing is on a domestic level, you know, and and again, there's a bit of. You must get people asking you like, but do you do you when you go out? Is it just like? Is, the, is probably is it constantly at, at like, minute, Jordan? Yeah, can you phone. tell me what's happening, please? My phone's been ringing with people that haven't spoken to me for two or three years. Is it's, it really? Yeah, what, what do I do about? You're my like, wow! I'm like energy. famous now. This is amazing. In the end, I just did a copy and pasted message did and just you? sent it to them all, and I just thought we'll deal with it. That if way. I get that message later, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> no copy <laughs> and paste. No, I'll make sure you get a bespoke. Okay. Bespoke Thank you, team. You heard that from here. Yeah, but I. I mean, seriously, you, you know, you were just about to say then about the domestic. Yeah, so what I was saying there is, again, there's, there's a bit of outcry as to how much, but domestically people are protected to an extent Yeah. that domestic price gap. Yeah. What's important to note is there really isn't an upper limit mm. to, to what a business might end up paying for their energy. So God! Businesses that, I guess my first piece of advice would be businesses that have got a contract in place yeah. and who might be a little bit surprised at what they're hearing now. Yeah. My first piece of advice would be to, to contact your current provider, yeah. your current supplier, and yeah. just ask them what that renewal price is going to come back at and just yeah. ask them for a renewal price. And then once you've had that, that quote, that might then prong, prong a conver- further conversation. And then that's, and in that, is that the time that they would then maybe come to you and talk to you? Yeah, so again, typically an ENCO works with businesses anything from 12 to 24 months before their current contracts end. Does it? And the idea there, if we've got, for example, a business that comes to us with one day before their contract's due to start, yeah. we might have to buy energy on that day, and we don't know if that's the cheapest day. If we've got yeah, a business that comes to us with two years um, in advance of their contract ending, we can effectively put a strategy in place that monitors the market every day of those two years yeah. to identify the best entry point. So I guess the message is to sort of... Forward plan. Forward plan, yeah, absolutely. And I think really with what's happened with COVID is we've all realised that actually you can't, you kind of... Do, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like a two-prong attack because now everyone seems to want everything immediately and they're having to wait longer. But at the same time, you've got a plan further ahead in case of you know, the unexpected happening, which we've been hit with. You know, we thought we had Brexit, then we've had, obviously, COVID, then we've had the situation with Ukraine. I, I would 
in a way, see it as a positive. So you've got manufacturers coming to shows like this today and massively planning ahead and, and strategizing, yeah. strategizing how they can get the competitive edge, for yeah. example, now. We know about profit margins in the manufacturing sector. For me, I would, I would spin it on its head and say, well, if you're a manufacturer, you know, by looking a year or two in advance and by potentially shielding yourself from incredible cost rises or incredible you know, energy prices, mm. you might find yourself in a, posi a position where a year or two down the line, you might be paying half of the energy costs of your biggest competitor who didn't look you yeah. know, this far into the future and that will have a direct impact on, on the sales of your product. That's no, that's really good advice, and I think that's a really good positive outlook. So, when I mean, obviously, Subcon, this isn't your first Subcon show. Yep. No, no, no. Th this is my personal first Subcon show. Yeah. No, it it's is. your personal <laughs> first. But is it? But as a company, have you always no, come so along? No. As a company, we do quite a bit of work with Subcon, with yeah. manufacturing management, and we really we just wanted to again today the idea of the three days and coming to the show is manufacturing as an industry is mm. the sector that seems to be the most hit by yes. the energy cost increases It's also the most challenged in terms of the sustainability requirements yeah. that you know a lot of the businesses that we see today will be supplying companies that have got very stringent net zero goals 2030 ambitions and yeah. they'll re require their manufacturers to sort of align into those so yeah. for us it was about again showing a presence at this event speaking to these companies and just finding out what they do and just advising them as to what's going on and, yeah. and where we can help them. And also, you know, your headline sponsor, thank you, because as an event organiser myself, not of anything like this, but something else that I do, without sponsors, you can't put these things on. So it's, it's companies getting behind these exhibitions to get us back out there because it is such an amazing opportunity to speak, to speak to people direct, to have conversations that are valuable, it's not the same when you can't do that face-to-face. -face. And I think coming out, it's been a good experience, hasn't it? No, definitely. We're super keen to do as many of you know the events and the shows as we can. The world, yeah. as we know, for the last two years has been a very different place. Everyone's been sheltered behind teams and yeah. reluctant to go out. And you know, one of the biggest things for me today is just shaking people's hands again, seeing people again. Yeah. Eye to eye. It's been brilliant. And I yeah. think the networking that we've seen, more than happy to carry on enabling things like this to take place. Well, it's, it's fabulous to have you on and it's been really interesting to talk to you. I'm going to get some top tips later off, off air if I <laughs> yeah. can, but I won't give out your mobile number so you can do that, do that sort of <laughs> copy and paste message that you're talking about there. But thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Can they find you personally on LinkedIn? Do you want them to find you personally on LinkedIn? Do you want them to go to your website? What would you like to let everyone know? Because they'll be hearing this after the show. Absolutely, that's fine. So, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jordan Rassas. Please don't bombard me with the uh, domestic energy <sighs> prize cap questions. Yeah. No, I'm joking. So, LinkedIn, Jordan Or telesales, please. No more telesales. And the <laughs> website is inenco.com. So, www.inenco. That listen, no one's spelt out their website for us today, so that's impressive. Industrial energy costs, that's the uh, the Inenco, that's what it stands for. I love it, I love it. I mean, thank you. It's been really interesting to talk to you, and I think it's been a really valuable conversation. We've not had one like that yep. for the entire two days, so okay. it was really, really interesting. So thank you for your time, Jordan. Brilliant. And lovely to meet you. And you too. Thank All you right, very much. Take care. Cheers. Thanks, bye. bye.